Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Ravensdale Publishing presents Villains and Henchmen. Hello, Ravensdale Publishing fans, new and old. Ben and Sarah here, and we're excited to welcome you to the Villains and Henchmen Kickstarter campaign. Have you ever wanted to be a villain? Do you dream of harnessing the power of a storm? Or flexing super-powered muscles? Or bending reality to your whim? These powers and more are within your grasp in Villains and Henchmen. In this cooperative game for one to four players, you must break a fellow villain out of maximum security prison. Along the way, you'll defeat meddling heroes, overcome troublesome obstacles, and plow through unsuspecting guards. Of course, the good guys aren't just going to sit around while you waltz in and grab your villainous buddy. Over a dozen different event cards spur heroic responses and maintain the pulse-pounding action. No matter which prison you're attacking, or which heroes are in your way, scheming to have the right powers for the job is a must. You may have to shapeshift into a stronger form, phase through a steel door, or protect the team with a well-timed force field. There is no single path to success. Adaptability and teamwork are critical to victory. But remember, you are playing bad guys. If the prison is defeated, one of you will claim bragging rights as a true villain, relegating the others to mere henchmen. For only $40, you can swipe a copy of this game, plus all three stretch goals unlocked during the campaign. We also have some cool expansions and paid add-ons, as well as art and other collectibles that you can only get through this Kickstarter campaign. We can't wait to get villains and henchmen into your hands and hear all about your dastardly schemes. Whether you've been following us for years or only just found us, thank you so much for your support. Hey guys, welcome back to Creative Plane Podcast Network. It is hashtag RPG a day 2018. It is August the 3rd. TGIF, folks. TGIF. Woohoo! So, as I'm going to read the little thingamajbobber, it says, now that this is the fifth year, this August, we're again asking tabletop role players everywhere to tweet, blog, YouTube, Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook their hashtag RPG a day answers to celebrate everything cool, memorable, and amazing about our hobby. Because it is our hobby. I mean, if every other household didn't play RPGs, it wouldn't be a thing. It would just be a college booster club. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. How many how many gamers started in college? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I started a lot earlier than I, that. Hey, I, I was, was in junior high. Mm-hmm, I was about there, you know. I didn't start until after college, but that's because the D&D group I met in middle school wouldn't let girls play with them. That's sad. Mm-hmm. I mean... That's a pretty common experience. Unfortunately. I mean, like, you know, you guys all know, I don't understand that, because even in high school, we had, you know, everybody played. Yeah. It was all about having fun, damn it. Right. So this is Jim, usually the GM, from Creative Plan Podcast Network, and today's question is, what gives a game staying power? Oh, you know what? This is Kelly. Oh, you are going to Oh, you are going to Yeah, I have, I, well, 
just popped into my and head. And she's going to snake the answer before we do. I don't know. It's it's the group. The uh, actual, the relationships that the players build and work and how well they work with each other. The camaraderie. Um, and the yeah, and camaraderie uh, that they build together, not just their characters themselves, but the players themselves, I think. Um, it's it definitely lends towards the staying power. I mean, we all know life happens. I'm sure. sorry. Things, I mean, some years it's like, lordy, nothing seems to go right. Or, right. you know, con, the cruds, and people get sick and stuff. People so that get stranded in Ocotillo. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it kind of hard sometimes, too, you know. But the players themselves and how their relationships are really make for an enduring group, I think. That's awesome. Do you want to go, Jim? Oh, I'll let you go next. Okay, so I'm Jocelyn. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, I, I'm a performer outside of my time uh, playing tabletop games. Um, so you'll find me as Madame Askew on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and on my Patreon. And you may see me at a convention near you. So especially if it's a steampunk convention, I tend to be at those. But I just got back from San Diego Comic Con, which Woo-hoo! was great. So um gosh. I have to mirror that sentiment that the people have a lot to do with the staying power. But I also think there's a certain robust quality to the game system that allows it to roll with the organic unpredictability of its players, um, that gives rules that are foundational and help you build the story, but they don't keep you from having fun. So... um, there are some kinds of rules that are so strict and so like complicated and punishing and they make it really hard to just enjoy the game and break it and remake it in your own image with your friends that it's that game isn't going to last. Like I've played some RPGs that were terrible with awesome groups of friends and we were all like fuck this game. Oh, pardon me if that's... <laughs> Sorry! We're Listed as Okay, good! So fuck, fuck that, that game! Hit the face! Fuck it! And I'm not going to name names, because I'm not going to name and shame. Even bad games were made by brilliant people. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're terrible. The rules don't make any sense. They're complicated for the... Sake of complexity. complexity. They're like trying to reinvent the wheel. They're like, oh no, we don't want multi-sided dice. We're gonna like just use D2s or we're only Mm -hmm. gonna use D4s or everything's D6s or whatever. Um, They have a complexity, a rigidity and sort of you know unfortunate rule set that punishes you for playing. Those games, I don't find they last. Like, they're off the market. Those bad RPGs, I was clearly not the only one who thought they were bad. I don't see them on game shelves. Mm -hmm. Um, The rule system was just, like, 
it was ridiculous. The stats didn't make sense. The way it was laid out was confusing. And it punished you for trying to understand the game. So, I mean, I've played complicated games. I talked about Unhallowed Metropolis earlier in one of the previous questions. That's a complicated game system. And sometimes I'm like, what? What do you? What? It could oh. use a conversion to an easier system. Yeah, or I'm just like, gosh, everybody dies. That's what you're telling me. And I think in that game there's even like a warning that, you know, people as characters are going to die, so you may want to have a backup character. Which is anathema to me, because when I roll up a character, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to keep that character alive. You're, um, not, you're not a dungeon crawl classic kind of Player who likes to have ten characters die with Although, the first session. Although, if the character's no. death fits the story, That's if okay. the, the death matters, the death have to matters. Otherwise, it's paranoia. Hello, Boromir, Lord Bor- of the Rings. Yes, his right? death mattered. So, games that are really punishing, at least. So, there's a lot I love about Unhallowed Metropolis. So even though it's complicated, the rules, the setting, everything else sort of encourages players to enjoy themselves in an organic fashion. The games that fail don't have that encouragement. Their rules punish creativity. So that's my very convoluted answer. I I like that. So I would like to say for staying power in an RPG two things. One, from a GM's point of view, a session zero where everybody knows what page you're on as a group Mm. of here's what our group of players are doing, Mm. here's what the mission is. That is important. So whether they're the X-Men or a Firefly crew or just a bunch of smugglers on a spaceship or a bunch of rebels who are pretending to be near-to-wells running around, as long as the crew knows what the mission is, what the, the story is. You know, are you on a five-year plan to go where no man has gone before? Right. Okay, that right there, your mission statement, you're good. So that way, when you have those gaps in playing, you can go back and look back on and say, this is what we're doing. Doesn't matter what the missions are, but this is what the goal is as a group. So that way, everyone can support each other. So a session zero is super important. You know, a lot of GMs and players lo- you know, love that because... That way, too, everyone can decide who's playing what when you roll your characters up. Because there's nothing worse than having five of the same guy, character-wise, show up. But we all have the same skill, and no one else overlaps useful skills. That's true, because it's always nice to create your characters together, because that way you have more of a balance as opposed to... And and you have that that cabal friendship already. Right. And why are you playing together? So, I mean, that... That's mm-hmm. going to take me down yeah. a different tangent. And see, and then I like save that tangent for another conversation. Because see, that's actually my part two: is the uh, staying power for a good RPG is to actually have the right group of friends playing together around the table who respect and love each other. Yes, and can agree to disagree in things because it's great when you have character conflict that doesn't mm-hmm. actually have people butthurt afterwards. Oh, and also a no-judgment kind of zone. Because oh, yeah, yeah. when you're playing a different character, you're actually opening yourself up, and you're rather vulnerable. You're exposing yeah. all you're the squishy exposing, parts. You're exposing, you know, your psyche. You're exposing, your even spleen. if it's not your normal behavior yeah. or your normal... I mean, you could be trying to... I mean, like, I've tried to play characters that are more think... They, they thought-oriented or, or, you know... Or whereas, violent. <laughs> yeah, 
Whereas that's not really, no, you know, something I, I like the, I like the range GPS, you know, I'm a big fan of it. Not the Nestle, the smooth talking, because I am not a smooth talker. I disagree. I, I, I so do I. I am She's like in the character. worst public speaker ever, because as you all have heard, um, uh, um, uh, you know. I edit most of those out. <laughs> but you, you also don't do that nearly as much as you think. And plus... Yeah. I do want Marco Polo. Oh my god, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's different. I'm sorry. But also, audience at home, I perform with this woman. She's full of lies. She's really good in front of an audience. Well, when you're playing a character, actually, I find it a little easier than being yourself. It is the gift Whereas, of the mask. Exactly. It, that is exactly it. And if you're a shy person, which I normally am, put on the it persona. Helps. Exactly. And the more definitive my character, um, or the more thought out that character is, a more, more direction congealed. that I have, it gives me, and I, I also like to do a little catchphrase, mm-hmm. like, so I can, boom, just get into, like, you know, right. for your madam, Miss Q, or like, if I'm doing a, like, <laughs> Tilda, it's like, literally, all I have to do is say, hi, I'm Tilda, right? And she immediately Automatically, I now yeah. know who that character it's, it's is supposed mantra. to be. Yeah. It's like, Trixie was, you do you, I'll do me. Mm-hmm. 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 It was, you know. Yeah, no. Speaking of Trixie, we gotta get Trixie to do something for Ragnarok and Roll. I'll be happy to. Yes. I gotta ask some 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 Viking stories, some Norse stories, and people are like I've never heard of that. And like Trixie needs to talk about some of her unknown brothers. Yes. Now I agree with what you both said. The group really matters, and I love our session zeros that you always facilitate, uh, Jim. And I also like it because it gives you that opportunity when somebody's like, so I'm antisocial and I don't talk to anyone and I don't like anyone and I'm in it for myself. I'm always like, why are you playing an RPG? Like, this character is not going to fit into a group. There's no reason for you to be here. Like, you need a hook. <laughs> I'm what? a hermit and I don't like people. Oh, and I'm an orphan. Right. And I'm an orphan. <laughs> why, what is your hook? So it gives you an opportunity to, like, ask people okay you can do that but why then are you with a group of people if you Mm -hmm. hate people you don't want to do anything and you don't want to be with those people and you're not interested in the quest and you hate everything they're about why are you sitting down to play this (laughs) game and that can that can seriously choke point in a a, a role-playing game yeah because all of a sudden everybody's like why are we here because then the group's gonna go well i'm not interested in doing this because Right, and then it's it becomes like, work, and it's not fun. Yeah, no, it's it's my biggest, one of my biggest pet peeves. And you can always tell when writers do that too. Their character loses their stamina, and they're just like, "No, no, just read through three chapters of pain, and then then we find the story again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, hey, we've all read that book. <laughs> all right, well, Mark Twain gets a pass, but I've read Tolstoy. <laughs> I don't need that much pain and suffering in my writing anymore. <laughs> George R. R. Martin. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I only got through book two, and I'm like, fuck this. Burn. <laughs> well, that's because after a while, nobody likes a killer GM. And exactly. by the way, GMs, it's not you against the players. You should be, and many good RPGs say this, your player's biggest fan. Right. Because you're the director telling your actors what to do, basically, as a GM. Well, it comes back to that collaborative storytelling, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not a competition unless you're, like, competing. Unless you need the ego trip, or you're playing X-Crawl. 
Because oh. X-Crawl is a Running Man style D&D. Okay. It's, it's literally your sponsors are giving you gifts while they're trying to kill you. Okay. But it's basically... It's Hunger Games. Yeah. Right. But, but I'm thinking like, unless your goal is to torment your GM nicely by breaking the storyline and being like, I'm the first one who broke the storyline. That's kind of a funny competition, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's really good to be collaborative. Yes. Well, so. And uh, if you are a killer GM, mm-hmm. that definitely does not make a conducive environment for an enduring game. No. Because, first of all, all your players die. Second... <laughs> No player's going to want to play. <laughs> Actually, I will throw a little caveat in there. Because I used to like GMing like Larisol. D&D used to call Larisol the higher tier. If you don't optimize your characters, you die horribly. And there are a lot of power gamers that love that game style. Where it's more of a tabletop war game than a role-playing game. Because you must beat the end of the, of the level. Yeah. So there are, there are players, but they're not really great for the role-playing. It's more of a, mm-hmm. I will set up this beautiful tabletop display. And if you serve... One of you crawls across the finishing line, you accomplish something. True. But that that doesn't lead for a very long-lasting RPG no. because it's once you finish the level, like an MMO. Yeah, it's, it, it's that would be like a one-shot. Exactly. It's like doing a dungeon And not run. an enduring... Yeah, it's not a yeah. story that will keep evolving and developing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, an eight to nine season show that we love. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which, that's always the test of a good RPG. Mm-hmm. Hell Yeah. All right, guys, that's lots of good answers there. Lots of good answers. <laughs> we have lots of opinions. We do. There were yeah. layers on There was layers, one. like an onion. Layers. Layers. <laughs> layers. Like, everybody liked parfait. <laughs> <laughs> or a baklava. Ooh. Like a good casserole. Yes. Like no, a good I like lasagna. like baklava. <laughs> yeah. Baklava has a lot of layers. Zucchini lots lasagna. Lots. I'm trying to bring it back to being healthy. Okay, I mean, I guess it is gaming. Like <laughs> we run on Cheetos, so I don't think healthy is like you know. And remember, food is important for staying power while adventuring. Because we mm-hmm. used to do overnight, ninety-hour games, and if you didn't have a meal during some point of that, you've lost your stamina. You need really? that potion of vitality. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my potion of vitality is rum, but yes. Which can that can be fun too? Mm. Just decide on session zero how much rum will be at the party. Yes. Okay. Just a little sidebar. What's your favorite? Because I don't think it's on the RPG no. a day. What's your favorite game snack? My favorite game snack is whatever snack is quiet and I can chew <laughs> and you can chew and I don't have to edit off the podcast if <laughs> someone going. <laughs> then you won't like my favorite one. <laughs> What's your favorite? Honestly, mine is gummy bears. Gummy oh. bears. Okay. Because you can put them on the game now. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, it's just my favorite snack, period. It's sugar snap peas with cherry tomatoes. That's solid. Same time. I just love that. So my favorite gaming snack, um, when I have time, which is less often these days, um, I like to make homemade Rice Krispie treats mm. for my game group, and I make them extra gooey. You know, Carrie has a real soft spot for those. That's good to know. Yes. I mean, to have a trick. So, but they're real snap, crackle, and pop. Unhealthy ones. I love me some Slim Jims. Mm. You know, a meat byproduct of some type. (laughs) I'm a carnivore. Solid. (laughs) Any snack in a storm. Any snack in a storm, actually. Although, 
Um, and it's funny because some of our, the first, you know, D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition, we, and Carrie will still do this to the day, this day, is peanut m and It's And true. she the will party. sit there going. Yeah. Yeah, she, <laughs> she will, will hold the package, and I'm like, just and take it out of the bag. Yeah, I try when when it's peanut M and M's. I try and completely open three sides of the bag. I do. See, I open I it, it flat. flat mm-hmm. and I do I too. Try and quietly eat my peanut. Yeah. But I do <laughs> so, that for a lot so of my So listeners at home, we really do listen to the podcast too, and we appreciate that horrible sound that you have to hear when you have to hear it. Yes, yeah. and we want you to have a good time. Because I can only edit so much of that crackle pop without yeah. destroying people's words. Oh, no, no. There, but there was somebody who would literally push it outside of the bag every time. To- oh. Mm. But, yeah, no. I like yeah. to open my packages anyways. Yeah. So it's like a plate. Yeah. <laughs> we try and be quiet. We do. Okay. So that's RPG day. Uh, how do you do stamina? Something, something, and something, it was enduring. something. Enduring. We- enduring RPGs. RPGs. Yeah. Day three of RPG a day. Have a great Friday, everybody. And hey, for the record, Ravendale Publishing, Inc. has uh, responded with their first RPG of Day 2018. They do uh, Villains and Henchmen. Ooh. I've played... Uh, you, you played, played that, that at Rincon, yes. Uh, I watched it. You played yeah, it. Where you play but... a bunch of henchmen trying to get mm-hmm. your villain out of prison Ooh. before you die and get caught by heroes. It's Ooh. a great little game. They actually fun. did their Kickstarter and did a great job on it. Awesome. Which coming to a uh, game place hopefully near you soon. Woohoo! So that is a good place to wrap it up there. Yay! Hi, this is Kelly, aka Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening. Potion of Vitality. <laughs> hey, that's where you get your staying power, right? Potion of Vitality. Yeah. Takes off one of those exhausted rakes.